0: a day is 80 days away and boy there are so many things i've got to figure out by then.
1: freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a
0: few hours closer to the coast yes you are locked on auburn your daily podcast on the auburn Tigers, part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host Zach Blackerbe. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day, and Happy Warpor Wednesday yes. in person as Mike G joins us of the Warapour uh, in the uh, Locked On Auburn <laughs> studios th- this week. So a day gets announced it's on April eighth, which of course, uh, shout out to Jeremy. I'm the best man at his wedding on that day, so that's that's exciting. we got to figure that out. But, man, the uh, there's just so many questions about this team, and it's like, sure, it's 80 days away, and obviously about a month out is when they'll start spring practice. But with all these newcomers, with all this new scheme on both sides of the football, it's like 80 days is a long way away. But when you think about all the things Auburn has to figure out before then, uh, that's a tough situation to be in.
1: Yeah, uh, Zach, I've been saying for I want to say weeks, but, you know, I've been back at this for days Uh, (laughs) in the days that I've been back. uh, I've been saying that Auburn is, you know, there's a lot to evaluate. This is probably going to be one of the most anticipated a days that we've had in quite some time because of how much there is to evaluate. They have brought in a ton of talent. I mean, I think they signed like nine linemen. Right. Yeah. There's going to be a new look offensive line. There's going to be a new look offense. Uh, And even on defense, you know, they're going to be playing some three, four. And so the the linebackers are going to get a lot. They brought in some linebackers. So most recently, Austin Keys, Mm -hmm. you know, how do these guys fit with the guys that we currently have? And for the new staff, they have to do their own evaluation on the current players as well, too. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly they can sort all that out.
0: And you got to think some of that evaluation's already happened with with some of the processing. We assume right. some players got processed. We could be wrong, but I, I don't think we are. But there's going to be another wave of that that happens between May 1st and May 14th. But the most frustrating part of all of this, I'm guessing, from the Auburn coaching staff's point of view, and it may not be, is the biggest question you can't address right now. And it's quarterback. Yeah, And it's like, okay, you know, you got... The, I'm thinking Robbie's going to handle things and spring to separate himself from TJ, from Holden. You know, the baby goat Hank isn't here quite yet. And so, I mean, Robbie should be able to just run away with the competition that's currently on the roster. It'll be interesting if he doesn't. That's another storyline we can speculate down the road. But, you know, is he going to be able to do enough to, to the point where it's like, eh, okay, maybe we don't need to go out and get a starter. Maybe we just need to go out and get a serviceable backup. But I don't think you can fully navigate that with a hundred percent confidence just because of the nature of you don't you didn't get a transfer guy
1: yeah listen quarterback as always unless you have a solid incumbent right it's always going to be what everybody's looking at through a spring now what do we know we know last season uh he played since the Missouri game he played with a sprained AC joint in his throwing shoulder at least that. right now uh you know again I, I know firsthand that He was in so much pain some nights he couldn't sleep and then got up and played a whole football game the next day. So, you know, that's really tough. If you ever had a shoulder injury, you know how limiting that can be. I can tell you from experience, it's very tough to do things when you have a shoulder injury. Uh, But in addition to that, uh, he had a um, he broke his index finger on his throwing hand as well. None of this was talked about.
0: Right during the season. So, you know, if you know well, about they didn't want other teams to know. I mean, you don't want other teams to know that your quarterbacks banged up. Right.
1: Right. right. So the question is, what can Robbie Ashford do when he's fully healthy? Yeah. And now that he's had a full exper- uh, a full year of experience on the field. Right. So, you know, Hugh Freeze in his introductory press conference, he touted two things. And what were those things? Quarterback development. Right. Right. And turning programs around quickly. So yeah. we'll also see what in, he can do. He also
0: invited one player. And it was Robbie
1: Ashford. It was Robbie Asford. You know, I was there. He was the only guy I saw there from the football team. So Yeah.
0: Now, at the time, I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought Robbie was just kind of being a little ballsy and kind of showing some leadership. He's like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to support this coach. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he was the only one invited, which is interesting for other reasons. So that, that, to me, is the biggest question that they've got to figure out, you know, from 80 days from now when a when, when day happens, you know, who's going to be the first guy to run out there. And it should be Robbie. Then I think TJ would be second. I think Holden will be third. I think that'll kind of be that as far as the scholarship quarterbacks happening in the spring.
1: Well, TJ Finley is an interesting storyline that's developing mm-hmm. in his quarterback race. Now, he kind of disappeared toward the end of the season. Uh, he wasn't traveling with the team. Um, you know, uh, for what we understand, you know, he may not have been around the athletic department a whole lot over the, you know, the last few games of last season. So now he's back for spring workouts. Um, And until he says otherwise, the assumption has to be that he plans to be here next fall. Right. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, a lot of people are anticipating that he, he's going to transfer, but you know, we'll wait and see what happens with TJ.
0: Yeah. If if it doesn't look like he's a starter, I, I don't know why he would stay. We'll see, but yeah, he'll be able to grad transfer at the end of the semester. We'll see if he does that. The second biggest question, I think, and they will be able to figure a lot of this out, is the starting offensive line. You yeah. bring in three transfer guys. You bring in the top Juco tackle and Azavian Miller, and you bring in a handful of guys from the high school ranks. I don't know how relevant those guys will necessarily be this spring. They may force a few things just because they may feel like they have to as far as the two deep and as far as the center or that right guard position. That right guard position is so, so interesting. I I think it's going to come down to Xavier Miller and Dylan Wade on the right side of the offensive line. Mm -hmm. But I'm not really sold who's going to be where. But I think it's going to be one of those tackles being asked to scoot into guard. And so there's going to be a real, real battle at that right tackle spot. It almost feels like whoever doesn't get the right tackle spot Mm -hmm. will get the right guard spot.
1: Well, Mm -hmm. listen, uh, at the end of the day, what Hugh Freeze has to work towards on offensive line has to be getting guys to play at their natural position. The offensive line shuffle, in my opinion, has hurt Auburn a lot, right? You know, you're taking a guy, you're putting him at center, and then you're putting a different guy at center. And then we're at the third guy at center, right, until you found somebody who can play that position. So, you know, when there's an injury, not having to shuffle your entire offensive line and having the natural backup at that position step in is going to be something that I think is going to be very important for Auburn Mm -hmm. to work out this spring so that, you know, you've got a solid – unit that knows how to work together at the positions that they practice all spring and going into fall camp.
0: Yeah. I mean, with Gunnar Britton and, and the experience he brings at left tackle mm-hmm. and then at left guard, I think it'll be Jeremiah Wright. It sounds sure. like he was kind of mentioned when talking and, and recruiting some of these older guys that come in. Jeremiah Wright's name came up. They were, they're pretty up front. Like we, we kind of were expecting him to be the left guard, which I thought was insightful and interesting and not surprising, I guess. The center, um, I think it'll be the transfer, Avery Jones. But I'm not counting out Connor Lou as far as getting reps early. I think he leapfrogs Tate Johnson in the depth chart, unless they want to redshirt him. I think he's one of those players that's too good to redshirt. Right. He's going to be gone after three years anyway. Might as well let him play. But just could, could, could one of these younger guys be good enough to say, hey, Azavian Miller, hey, Dylan Wade, Whoever wins between y'all's right tackle, but we want one of these young guys to be right guard, that's going to be really interesting. I don't think it's going to happen, but if I'm one of these young guys, that right guard spot is what I'm looking at.
1: Well, listen, Auburn did something that was amazing in Hugh Freeze's first recruiting class. And who knew what could happen, Zach? They recruited offensive linemen out of high school. Mm, say it again. They recruited offensive linemen out of high school. Whew. Wow, yeah. Feels good. I, I felt the spirit come over me. Feels good. Today. About to start crying. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, right, the last time, when was the last time that Auburn had a freshman come in and started offensive line? Like, it, you know, um, Braden Smith comes to mind. Braden's the one I was yeah, thinking uh, of. Him, yeah. Lee Z- Zimba, way back in the day, he started. Did he start as a freshman? Yeah, I think he started as a freshman. It's I, so hard, though. It's so hard to start as a freshman. Reese Dismukes, I think, started as a freshman as well. Okay. you. Um, you know, it was, there was a time where we were bringing in talented offensive linemen that could start right out of high school. I'm looking forward to seeing if one of these young guys can crack the one deep, right, and get into the lineup at at offensive line. And I think that will be an encouraging sign that we're recruiting the right kind of talent, guys who are ready. Now, offensive line is a very developmental position, right? Very few guys coming out of high school physically ready to play offensive line at the SEC level. Mm -hmm. So it's unrealistic to expect it to happen all the time. But if you're recruiting at a high level, every once in a while, you'll get a diamond of the rough that can play that position at a high level.
0: Yeah. All right. So got 80 days to answer some questions on the defensive side of the ball as well. But first, got to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. It's the number one source for all of your betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and college league out there. As this goes up on Wednesday, be sure to check out the action for Auburn and LSU. That line is not currently up as we record this. But I imagine Auburn will be favored by a few points in Baton Rouge. If you think they cover, they're hot right now. Be sure to put your money where your mouth is. That is a bet online. That is where the game starts. Mike G, we've seen them add more and more defensive linemen. You saw them get um, Messiah Nasili Kite, the the Maryland defensive end slash three technique is kind of where I'm projecting him to go. Lawrence Johnson, the big man, mm. the interior guy out of Purdue. Purdue. And then, you know, the the hot shot out of Kentucky. Yeah. Um, I'm blanking on his name, Rogers. And so Justin Rogers. Justin Rogers. So I, I think all three of those guys are going to be rotational pieces. Justin Rogers has probably got the clearest path to starting. It's going to come down to him or Jason Jones for that starting nose tackle, but Figuring out, and I don't know if you can do this in spring. I actually don't know if you can do this in fall. I think you have to figure this out once the season starts, but just that rotation and how you're going to manage all of that from a snap count standpoint, that's going to be really, really fun. Well, you know,
1: we know that um, our new defensive coordinator is going to be running a multiple defense, right? Um, From what we've seen on the tape, uh, Auburn's going to be running some 3-4 next season, right? So what does that mean? Three down linemen and four linebackers. Uh, And I'll be interested to see if some of these guys don't get converted To linebacker slash edge hybrids, right? I'm I'm talking about guys like Dylan Brooks, um, who may be able to even drop back in coverage as well. Uh, I like Jason Jones on the defensive line, but it's gonna be a different prospect in a 3 4. The linebacker was an issue last year, right? And I think having having four of them on the field at the same time worries me. Yeah, right. With all the issues that we had at linebacker last year, and it put a lot of pressure on the D line to not let running backs get to the second level when linebackers were choosing the wrong gaps. So again, I'll be interested to see how much three, four they play, how well can they stop the run? I like Jason Jones. I like the incumbent on the defensive line. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of the guys that we're bringing in, I'm not looking for those guys maybe to beat out some of the incumbents. The defense played well in a lot of spurts last year, but they were put in a lot of bad positions. So I like, I like the guys that we have on defensive line.
0: Yeah, yeah, and just it seems like Jason's been putting in more work than some of these other folks, yeah. and so we'll see if he's able to do that. But yeah, he's got a battle on his hands for sure, and so we'll see if uh, we'll see what happens with all of that. But I'm expecting a lot of four-two-five as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen Ron Roberts do that at Baylor, and to me, I think that fits the strength of this team. And we're kind of nitpicking with semantics as far as like, okay, is the group with Dylan Brooks and Keldrick Falk and you know Elijah McAllister. Are those guys technically like stand up defensive ends or are they outside linebackers? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's kind of just a labeling thing that we're going to all have to figure out over the course of spring. But to me, that group is fine until someone gets hurt. Right. And we kind of saw that this past year with. With um, that with, with Kuliota going down. And it's like, okay, Derek Hall's good, but they want to play multiple of these guys at the same time, at least the last group did. And I think on third and long situations, you want two key pass rushers on the field. And I don't know if there's like an elite pass rusher that's not one of those guys, like that's just a pure defensive lineman. I just don't feel confident in any of those guys as like true pass rushers. And so that makes Elijah McAllister in- interesting to me. Because I think he can play strong side defensive end as well as that edge. Right. And so to me, he's the, he's probably my favorite to get the most snaps right now. But you put him at strong side defensive end, and then maybe you put Keldrick Falk or Dylan Brooks at, at edge or whatever they're going to call that position right. um, in third and long situations. That's really the only type of personnel grouping that gets me fired up in pass rushing situations right now. Mm-hmm. But other people are going to have to step up or this defense is going to get lit up.
1: Uh, depth is always going to be uh, you know, uh, an yeah. area of concern for any coach. So what we're looking for this spring as far as depth on the defensive line, you know, again, they've got a lot to evaluate here going into the spring with all the new guys that they brought on defense. Right. I think the Hugh Freeze did a really good job during the um, recruiting process in the limited time he had of actually recruiting to the needs at each position yeah. and just not stuffing the roster with star, stars, you know, four stars or, or whatever.
0: Well, and, and that's even something I've talked about over the last, uh, the last few days as the portal is getting closer and closer to closing and it closes today. The not settling for a quarterback, not just getting a guy to get a guy. I, right. told, I talked about this with Charlie Five yesterday. I talked about it with Lindsey the day before. Like, I am legitimately surprised that they didn't settle and just get a guy to get a guy. And a lot of the comments yesterday, in yesterday's video were like, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And it's like, I'm sorry, but for the last decade at Auburn, it has. It has worked that yeah. way. And so the fact that it supposedly doesn't work this way now, it's exciting and, and, to me, unexpected. I think long-term, it's good. The short-term of the spring, it may not be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll, um, we'll see what that looks like. But I was shocked. I was shocked by that. This is a, that's a great point
1: about just not settling, because I'm not sure a lot of fans saw it that way. Mm-hmm. Right, I think a lot of fans thought, you know, uh, they didn't want to come here, or we didn't get them, or we whiffed, right? You know, and at the end of the day, being very meticulous with his selection, correct. Yeah. But but I want to drop a different angle on this. Okay. Not bringing in a guy may say something about how they feel about the guys they have in the room as well. I agree, right? And make no mistake, I think you know we, as you said it, one player got invited to Hugh Freeze's mm-hmm. press conference, right? Um, I believe I'm a Holden Garner believer. I think the kid has a rocket arm. I think that he goes through his reads at a high level. I think he's a high IQ player. And I think that Hugh Freeze down the road can do something with Holden Garner. It might be a different look offense because he's not a runner like Robbie is sure, but you don't need to be mobile to be successful. If you know, the scheme is good and fits and the quarterback is intelligent and can go through his reads and do what he needs to do rather than just t- you know, taking off every time. So those two guys play a different game. I'll be interested to see if he can adapt yeah. his offense to a non-mobile QB. Um, but you know, I, I do think that not bringing in a guy says something about the two guys who are in the room. Now, again, TJ Finley is coming back. But because he has not been around um, – I'm not factoring him
0: out of the discussion just yet. I am right, but like I think you can. I think you should. Yeah, but you know, it's just it's hard. Like, but just t- t- talking to folks, and you talk to more players than I do. Him not going in when he was called, and Robbie was banged up to preserve his red shirt. These players aren't over that. Is that what happened? Oh come on, you knew this. <laughs> oh, I had. that's news to me. I didn't. I'm like, is that what happened? Uh, That's what all the players are saying, and they're they're not over it. Did he get a red shirt last season? He should have. He played in. He only played in four games. Oh wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, I had not realized that. So <laughs> okay. thank you for bringing that to my attention. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure that um I have not taken a temperature from any of the players on T.J. Finley. Well, he oh. he
0: was in he was in the players or he was in the team meeting the first team meeting of the you know this year, and they kind of went over logistics and, and and a few things like that and. A few of the folks that I talked to, like, they were surprised when they saw him in there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, there were some
1: things going on there. I'm not sure we know everything that happened with TJ Finley at sure. the end of last season. That's fair. Um, and so, uh, again, until he makes a statement, until he comes out and says something, or his camp comes out and says something, you know, my essential, assumption is he's just going to go into the spring workouts and
0: compete. Yeah. I, and I mean, see where I, he lands. I think him not saying anything means he's still here. I don't think he needs to say, like, hey, I'm coming back. You know, For no sure. other players have to do that. For sure. So. Um, and look, if he's handled it with coach freeze and he's handled it with, you know, the men he's going to battle with in the locker room, that's good enough for me.
1: I, was, I assume he's had a conversation with coach freeze at this point. He's had to have, right? He, yeah, had there's to. no way he's not talked to him. Right. But here's what I do know. Robbie Ashford wanted Hugh freeze. He was excited about this hire. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, I think that that plays big. I do think that that plays big in, in, in this battle this spring. Um, and, you know, Robbie, it's hard to look at some of the better things that he did last season, even in spite of, you know, a hurt throwing shoulder and think if Hugh freeze, you know, the, the, the buzzword for Robbie this spring is going to be consistency, mm. right? How consistently can you make the good throws that you made? And can you work the bad throws out of your system? And, and primarily those were short to intermediate throws, yeah. not beanballing people from five feet away. And like, you know, some of the things he knows he needs to work on those things for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, the big plays down the field because his downfield percentage was fantastic. Right. Ooh. It's, you know, but that's not, the, that's not most of the game. Right. It's the, it's the simple things. It's the short throws that he needs to get better at. And Hugh freeze has touted himself as a quarterback developer. I'll be interested to see if he can get Robbie to that point where he's making those throws consistently.
0: Mike G pat a tweet out there. It got a little controversial, <laughs> Uh, it popped a little bit, and I want you to address it in just a moment, right oh. here on Locked On Auburn. First, I'm going to ask you to join the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the epi- episode oh, description down below. Mike G's in there. If you have a question for Mike G, you can hit him up there. Um, but, uh, all right, so you tweeted out, not letting Hugh Freeze off the hook for quarterback development. That's right. I want to see Robbie Ashford in New York at the Heisman ceremony, or at least or at the very least all sec first team the plane should be a quarterback university
1: yeah so let me clarify this tweet because a lot of people understood what i was saying and then there was a group of people who thought i was saying robbie should be in new york next year
0: so let me let me take a stab at this i think you're saying coach freeze develop robbie ashford you're a quarterback guy Auburn hasn't really had that step at the quarterback position. That's right. Do your thing, coach. Yeah, that's, that's it. what that, that's what I read from it. That's simple. what did other people say? Uh,
1: again, they were highly focused on the word Heisman and
0: made the. Least- I mean, it's it's a key word. I mean, that's one of those words that stands <laughs> right. out, right?
1: But they completely disregarded the fact that I said, or at the very least, all SEC right. And what what does that mean? That might mean you know he's in the top third, uh, in
0: top three in the conference statistically. If he's a top three quarterback in the SEC, Auburn goes 10 and 2 next year. Yeah, right. I, I believe he but see
1: again, you don't have to agree. I believe he has that ceiling. I, I believe that's where his ceiling is. Sure. sure. I, I, I agree with that. I, I think that his talent, his ceiling is making the the room in the room. Yeah. Maybe not next year, but I'm assuming that he has more than one year left at Auburn as a
0: quarterback. Yeah. The yeah, I mean the the debate for Robbie has always been what is his floor? Like we know what his ceiling know is. His and ceiling and is. we said that before he even before we even thought he would be in the race to be a starter, right? When it was, you know, Calzada and and Finley right. and 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 Robbie, nobody really gave Robbie a chance, but we all said he's got upside maybe in the future and um you know he he got his path to playing time earlier than we all thought. So We'll see. No, I, didn't, I read that. And I didn't think it was anything crazy. Yeah, so. I mean, you said something that's important, right? Like, And for every player,
1: not just quarterback, it's, you know, all, all these. a lot of these guys have talent. And, you know, when they're playing at their best, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the question is going to be for a lot of guys this spring, you know, that are incumbents that we've seen, can you raise your floor, right? When it gets bad, what's the worst it can be, right? And on your worst day, can you still give your team a chance to win?
0: Yeah no. on, on on Robbie's worst day, can Auburn beat a And M in College Station? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I mean they did it in Jordan Hare Stadium, right? They
0: there's a lot going on though. That, for, I mean for sure there's a that was a lot going on. But there.
1: on his best day,
0: they lost. Right? True, which was LSU to me,
1: right? Oh, okay. On his best day, they lost. You don't think his best game was the Iron Bowl? I don't. Okay, I don't. Okay, he right. threw for three hundred and seventy-seven yards against LSU, and I just felt like I get it. He was feeling, he was feeling, and he was scrambling, and he, you know, and he was finding guys downfield. How and the did we lose? How different. did we
0: lose that game? I
1: don't know. I don't know, Zach. I don't know. Gosh. But, but um, I thought that that was one of the best versions of that offense that we had seen all season. Now, yeah, the Iron Bowl was coached by a con- completely different. Totally. Coach, right? Yeah, Ooh. and it was a completely different game plan. And, you know, we had suddenly found out how to run the ball. And, you know, it was just different. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, yeah, can he raise his floor? That's the question that, you know, a lot of fans are split. They look at the good things that he did, and they say, yes, I agree, Mike. His ceiling is Heisman. Mm-hmm. And other fans are more skeptical, saying a uh, sub-50%, you know, completion percentage is – Too much of a floor to expect him to be all SEC next season. I just don't think the floor is as low as the stats suggest. Based on the injury and and honestly the dysfunction,
0: terrible scheme. Yeah, yeah, right. Bad routes, inconsistent play at wide receiver. There's a lot that goes into completion percentage. There's no question about it. Mike G of the War Report, tell people how to sign up for everything you got going on. Hey,
1: listen, we are at the War Report on Twitter, and on most social media platforms. Check us out. Go over to YouTube, subscribe. We've got a lot of things going on there. We're going
0: live four mornings a week with Ooh. the Morning Drop,
1: bringing you guys a little bit of extra this year. So check us out.
0: Yes, you can find all my written work at auburndaily.com, and we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.